tags, no tags. What is up, good people? Welcome to a brand new episode of The Midnight Drop, the podcast that is all about chilling during these crazy times. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Thanks so much for joining in today. We got a brand new day of reviews. We're going to be reviewing movies such as Without Remorse and Monday, and also the TV show Love, Death, and Robots, the new anthology series that's had its second volume come out on Netflix, which I had the pleasure of watching last week. And we'll have some more updates with you. What's going on this week, next week, and the rest of the month of June. Before we go ahead and get into that, let's go ahead and get to some housekeeping rules. If you know what's by now or if you're new, let's go ahead and keep you updated where you can listen to the podcast at. You can listen to the podcast where all different podcasts are listened to, which is Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Radio Republic, and also my website www.themidnightdrop.com again that's www.themidnightdrop.com it would be so good for you guys to look at that website including some past episodes and some videos that we got coming up also if you want to leave any comments concerns considerations or rants regarding the midnight drop go ahead and leave them down in my Instagram page, 615 underscore chill, or at my email, Jordan Cameron, C-A-M-M-O-N at Outlook.com. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. Alrighty then, with all that being said, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing a wonderful doing wonderful today it's been great it's been awesome and uh, i can't wait to give you guys these reviews man uh you know currently right now i'm watching army of the dead i know it's kind of late as hell right now and uh you guys should be expecting a review on that tomorrow with david and i uh david arnold my co-host that we actually had an episode last week which by the way went awesome um you know, doing something where we kind of talk about graduation and talking about some things regarding, you know, just uh, body positivity and the music industry. That was a pleasant and unpleasant surprise at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have them tomorrow. Where we talk about Army of Dead and some other stuff. And uh, also we'll have some more episodes as we talk about later down in the podcast. But without being said, again, we got some reviews for you. And the first review we're going to do is Without Remorse. Then we're going to go ahead and get into the TV show review of Love, Death, and Robots, an anthology series on Netflix, and then also a review on a movie that I watched a while ago, Monday, starring Sebastian Stan, uh, the winter soldier in this motherfucking uh, romance drama comedy. <laughs> so no killing for that motherfucker, but it's going to be a very interesting time today. So let's go ahead and get into our first review of without remorse and i'll tell you this right now i've watched this movie before uh i've had some opinions about it i've actually took the time to watch it a little bit again to get better insight and this actually gave me some new ideas uh to really think about down the road uh without remorse is a film starring michael b jordan who plays the character john kelly uh who is a an ex-navy seal who actually uh finds out that you know, a job that he's done has 
huge ramification that leads to the death of his wife in his old home uh, and to leaves him being mortally and mentally wounded where he goes on this huge revenge spree against him that ends up becoming a whole thing regarding the United States and Russia and this big all-out war. Uh, besides Michael B. Jordan, uh, there's also Jamie Bell, Jody Turner-Smith, who plays as Lieutenant Commander Karen Greer, uh, Jacob Jacob, I don't even know who that person. I'm not going to talk about it. Coleman Domingo as as Pastor West and Lauren London uh, as Pam Kelly, the wife to John Kelly, and also um, uh, what was it Guy Pierce? Guy Pierce who plays the Secretary of Defense, Thomas Clay. Um, I I have I have this is going to be a quick review because there there's not that much I can really say about this. Uh, there are some things that <laughs> I'm just going to tell you straight off the bat what I liked and didn't like. There gonna be other things that I I, I really <laughs> requires just more detail that I'll kind of go in, but it won't be a really long review. Honestly, this will be something where I'll, I'll kind of just speed through and just say, "Here we go." So let's go ahead and play that trailer for Without Remorse. I'm gonna play, play the first trailer for it because that was to me the better trailer uh, than the second one, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But with, until then. Uh, we will go back to our review of Remorse after this trailer. And right then, right there, Bluetooth is going crazy. So let's go ahead and get this in. Oh, shit. I've been trying to do this thing with trailers, but let's go ahead and see if it works. Let's do it. What we know... Senior Chief Kelly is the third member to be attacked. Three perps are dead. Also killed was his wife. They better hope he doesn't survive. Why is that? He is more dangerous and effective than any man we have in the field. These were foreign attacks on U.S. soil. We have to respond. We're going to make it right. There's something inside of me that I can't turn off. A part of me that won't stop for anything. No remorse. Has it occurred to you that perhaps John Kelly has done something we can't? Some situations warrant thinking outside the box. Give me a name. He was supposed to be dead. Give me a name. Right. So that is the trailer for Without Remorse. And again, this was actually aired on Prime Video. I actually get had the chance to watch this film, uh, I think, two days before it was released, thanks to HBCU Buzz and giving out this special screening out on Instagram. So I was very lucky with this film, <laughs> even being a guy 
who uh, doesn't really get that much, um, you know, screeners for a guy as a beginner like me in these movie reviews. But uh, if I had to go ahead and start off with the pros, I'm going to be real with you. There is not that much I can really go off of, man. Um, <laughs> which can already tell you that I don't really enjoy this film. <laughs> so, uh, but let's get with the positives. I mean, the real positive in this film is that some of the action scenes do look good. And I think it's because of, you know, just Michael B. Jordan being shredded, uh, how the action is. You know, there's one scene where he's in a jail cell and he fights the hell out of different security guards in that prison. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, in the trailer, if you hear or if you saw this trailer before, which came out March 3rd, uh, they actually had a scene where they had, um, you know, he had he was in like this tow truck. And he crashes into a car and then he puts the car on fire and then he gets inside of the car. And then he says, like, give me a name. Give me a fucking name. Why the car's on fire. And. The trailer made it look better <laughs> because it was like, oh, this that's pretty badass. But in this movie, ooh, boy, I got I got to talk more about that. But uh, yeah, some of the action scenes did look cool throughout this entire film, and that's what you're gonna get in a lot of action films. If you get an action film that doesn't even have cool action scenes, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. <laughs> but this one, pretty pretty standard, pretty cool. It is what it is. You know, God, thank God for the technology we have today. Uh, another positive. Michael B. Jordan, not the acting, but the body. <laughs> he is yoked in this goddamn movie. Like in a lot of films that he's been in uh, recently, he is yoked. And uh, you can clearly see the discipline and the dedication with it. Now, I, I can go into this whole thing with, with a friend of mine uh, regarding if he's natural or not, or if he's you know using trend or steroids or anything like that, but... He does look good in this film, and he, and he really is doing it. So, uh, and I'm I'm just gonna put that as a positive because there's not that much I can really say positively about this film. Um, and that actually brings into us the reason why I did not like this film. <laughs> and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, it's gonna be really quick with this review because I am not gonna waste your fucking time with this. Um. This movie has terrible fucking writing. This movie, this action, this is an action film with fucking terrible writing. I am not surprised by it. When I first watched the trailer, I knew it was going to be something where it has bad writing, has bad dialogue. It, It was something to where I was like, I won't be surprised if I see reviews on Rotten Tomatoes or on other people's YouTube channels where they say this movie isn't going to be that good because it's not. The writing itself is it, it. Sometimes it's subpar in some areas. Other times it's just bad. And I mean, yeah, man, they use the, the likeness of Tom Clancy uh, to just straight up just tell you like, yeah, man, don't even worry about that fucking writing. Like there is a term for this and this is called a by the numbers film a by-the-numbers action film where they're going to use certain actors' likenesses or the brand's likeness to sell the movie itself. 
And with that, they can get away with getting bad writing or subpar writing because they know that if they just put enough explosions, cool action scenes and interesting actors that look good, like Michael B. Jordan, then they don't have to give a fuck about what else they're going to do. They're not actually going for an Oscar. They're not going for an award. They're not even going for people saying, oh, this is an, an, a cool movie. They're just going to say, oh, this movie is it is what it is. And people will eat it up because it has Michael B. Jordan and, and, and explosions and fire and shit. And uh, that actually leads into the acting because you would think that the acting would help it out and would carry this film to being okay rather than mediocre or just shit. But no, this acting in this film is bad. I mean, there are some actors who do all right, but your main leads, Michael B. Jordan, Jodie Turner-Smith. No, (laughs) no. I'm more disappointed in Michael B. Jordan than Jodie Turner-Smith because Michael B. Jordan has been in a lot of good films in the past couple of years. He's been in Black Panther, uh, Just Mercy. Um, He he, he has been in some good stuff. Uh, The Creed franchise. I mean, he's done well. And I'm not going to say like he, he he hasn't had his share of bad films. I mean, for God's sakes, he was in Fantastic Four. But, but <laughs> shit, Fantastic Four was terrible. But um, my problem with him in this film is that he he is so he he is playing his role to the T, and I I don't think that it's all up on him. I think it's because of the writing because they write John Kelly or John Clark as this uh this this really serious guy who takes no shit who's not really comedic who doesn't really have that much emotion but Michael B Jordan doesn't help it at all and i think that's what separates him from you know from being a good actor or a great actor or even a great actor to a phenomenal actor because uh there are, this this film made me go back to other films and just realize that sometimes he feels a little wooden or he just stays in one motion and knowing you know you notice how he's trying to be in more of these leads in more of a lead in these sci-fi ooh, my fault sci-fi action films you start to realize that yeah you need to do more man you really need to do more because when you look through his filmography he only does a lot of um you know, action films, um, you know, struggle films. And when it comes to like certain of these sci-fi films and these, these other action films where he is the lead, um, they don't end up doing that well. Um, like I said, Fantastic Four, he wasn't the lead, but he was in that sci-fi film after being in an awkward moment, Fruitvale Station. Uh, and, and that was it. The only film where I say he, he looked really good and he wasn't like this super strong character or anything like that, where he was super serious was Chronicle, where he was playing as a teenager and he, he was funny in that film and he was more expressive and more emotional. And uh, I mean, in this film, man, I just did not like his acting style. And I, I man, I, man, I was sad, man. I was really sad. But uh, but that brings into our another to our other actor or actress, Jodie Turner Smith. She was bad in this film. Really, really bad. Uh, it made me go back and watch Queen and Slim or parts of Queen and Slim. And I had to say to myself, yeah, they could have got somebody else for that film <laughs> because she was okay, but there could have been much better people in that film, uh, a much better person in that film. And uh, I, I just felt like the writing itself also set herself up for failure. I'm not trying to say like, oh, this writing is is totally you know what makes her bad no her acting 
it's also kind of bad too. No, no, no. It's bad. I don't want to be rude or anything like that, but it it's it's bad. And I'm actually going to go to back to one part of the film of the trailer to kind of show you what her lines were like. And it was just Ugh. so here's one part. They better hope he doesn't survive. Why's that? He is more dangerous and effective than any man we have in the field. Yeah, no, I'm not really feeling that part because it's not only is it bad dialogue and the generic writing for a body action by the numbers action film, but also how she delivers it does not help at all. And it's just like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And that that kind of got me worried about this film before it was released when this trailer was put out. And uh, she does not do a good job at all in this film. And I think that she was they were trying to put her in there for representation so that they can make her like this strong willed uh, black female character but they really just fucked it up for her because it was just like you know that this was a by the numbers film you know that this had really bad writing you know that this had bad dialogue you know that this wasn't like a big film why put her in this situation because you wanted representation but you did more harm than good and that's something where i just did not like at all and i think that she's a a cool person and with enough practice more stuff to do she can do well but she can be in better films. Like I said, Queen and Slam wasn't a bad film. She wasn't a terrible actor. She needed more work. But man, here, man, it just it just wasn't good. And I'm actually going to go to her filmography right now. Yeah, like she's going to be in another film called uh, After Yang. But she's been in other, you know, shows like True Blood and Mad Dogs. But, she, you know, she hasn't really done that much. She's been in a lot of music videos, but... Yeah, she hasn't really done a good job in a lot of these films, man. I'm just, God damn. I, I want her to do well, but she is just not good. Um, Guy Pierce is all right, and Coleman Domingo only shows up for like maybe like t- 10 seconds in this film. I'm not even lying to you. Um, and that doesn't even warrant me to go on like a rant or anything like that. Um, I already told you that the writing and the dialogue is bad. Um and that also leads into the sense of mystery that this film tries to evoke for the audience. There is no sense of mystery. You can already tell who's the villain or what happens or what's the real situation at the first part of the film. Oh, my God. It's like when the characters were introduced, I was like, I already know what the who the fuck the villain is. I already know who's scheming. I already know who's going to die, bro. Like, it's not even. No. And like they make you care for characters but you don't really care for them like there's a scene where like these two guys who are on that same navy seal mission with michael b jordan or you know john kelly and the lieutenant um you know it's just they end up dying uh, in different parts of the world where they're just living with living their life and stuff and you they want to make you care but you're kind of just laughing (laughs) unintentionally and uh the mystery that they tried to put in here about who done did it, you, you don't really give a fuck and you already can tell who is it. So that was something I took major points off of this film and oh my God. Um, this is something else. The story is boring. I was bored out of my mind. When I tell you I had a screening for this, bro, it, it, it took me a minute. To, to, it took me a minute <laughs> to realize that I had to keep watching this movie for this review but I really wanted to leave that screening and say, fuck this film, because I was not into it at all, man. This story, this this story is so predictable. 
it is so dry. There's nothing else to be invested in. You're not invested in these characters. And if you're not even a Tom Clancy fan, like if you haven't played Rainbow Six Siege, if you haven't seen John Jack Ryan, none of this stuff, you're not invested at all. And you're just like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I don't want to watch this shit. If you were a Tom Clancy fan, you would have watched this through. But I had to watch it through to give you guys this shit review. But yeah, man, this story is boring. But also, this is the last part so we can move on. Uh, the scenes in this film make no sense at all. That that whole truck fire, that truck car fire crash bullshit, whatever I told you. When you watch this film, you're going to start to realize it makes no freaking sense at all. Like, how did John Kelly get a truck? How did... How did he get the truck to crash to the car? Why would he go inside a burning car? Why would he not make the why would he make the car on fire? Um, there are other scenes where it's like, how the fuck does he go to prison and then come out of prison just like that? <laughs> why would he go downstairs and <laughs> you know with music on and just be like, as I and then niggas all cool? Like, why, why, why? Um. Why would you shoot a man inside of his car in the middle of the road and not expect anybody to see it? Aren't, isn't this supposed to be like a covert operation? Like, I'm like spoilers for this first part, but they kill two of the, the Navy SEALs in this film. One in his entire neighborhood where they just hit him and they just keep going. Like, they run, like, you know, they run him over and then they just keep going. And, like, people all over the neighborhood are like, oh, my God, what's that? The second person they kill, it's in Atlanta, Georgia that Atlanta fucking traffic and they just stop. They just drive over this dude. They stop, get out the trunk, the back of the truck. And then they just shoot him on site. And there's a bunch of people on the interstate. <laughs> it's Atlanta traffic. There are people who are going to notice that shit from the side and be like, what the hell? And, and then for John Kelly's shooting, the wife's death scene, they just go ahead and like, we're going to do it at dark. We're going to have night vision. We're going to make sure we're covert. Nobody knows what silencers. What the fuck? Where's the consistency with this film? Like, <laughs> it, like yes, it would have been stupid to do this during that whole party scene where he does, uh, Michael B. Jordan does the stupid chess part with Coleman Domingo doing this couple lines. But, I, I mean, I would want everything in a covert type of way. Like, Really? But no, it it made no sense. There are other scenes that don't make sense in this film at all uh, with the bad dialogue, with the bad writing. And with that, man, I'm going to go ahead and give my verdict for this film. It's a four out of ten. Well, no, 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 no. I, I had typed in here four out of ten. I had typed in here four out of ten. But now that I think about it, this is a goddamn three. This is a goddamn three out of ten. Is it my worst movies of the year? Not really. Because it, it could have been much worse, but this is the three out of ten for the simple fact that it I, I could barely get a lot of shit out of here, and I was, you know, I was disappointed to have fa a little faith in this film. Like I'll, I'll tell you something for, funny before we move in, we'll move on. But um, there was a whole contest to basically put on your graduation attire and be excited for the film, and you could win a PS Five. I made this whole video about it, wore my cap and gown, and went crazy. 20 minutes in the film, I went in and deleted that shit and said, man, fuck that PS5. <laughs> because I was like, I was not. 
Bro, this film was just so bad that I said, man, fuck a PS5. And I was trying to get it for my little brother because I already got one. I was trying to get an extra one for my little brother. He has been asking for one. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Man, we 20 minutes in the film. Man, fuck this film. Fuck this sweepstakes, man. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't want this. I don't want this at all. But yeah, man, this film's a three out of 10. If you liked it, cool. Good for you. For me, nah. For me, no. Nah. I'm glad this did not hit theaters. It's an Amazon Prime. And uh, there there are some other movies that I'm looking forward to on Amazon Prime. But this one, I was like, yeah. But let's get into our next our next review, which is, you know, actually, we're not going to do Love, Death, and Robots right now. Let's get into our next movie review, uh, Monday, starring Sebastian Stan uh, and his other character I cannot think of right now. But... Go on, get get that up for you. But Monday is a film regarding uh two regarding two uh two people uh played by our main characters right here. Where I'm gonna try to go ahead and get the name for it real quick so I don't fuck up. Uh, Chloe and Mickey. Chloe and Mickey are two titular main characters who are played by Sebastian Stan and Dennis Go. You may know Sebastian Stan as one of the main characters in the MCU, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Avengers series, and also recently on Falcon and Winter Soldier, where he does an amazing job. Uh, and you may know Dennis Go from a lot of you know stage plays, which I'm looking up right here, Our New Girl, Jesus Hop the A-Train, The Birds. Uh, he's She's also done films such as Quiet Roar, Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, she was the village mother in Robin Hood, the kid who would be king, and so much more. Uh, I don't really see that much. This movie was made in 2020, but because of the pandemic, um, they had to go ahead and move this up to 2021. And uh, here we are now. I actually watched this, um, you know, rented it out on VOD. So it wasn't done too crazy. Uh, But this film actually follows a story between Mickey and Chloe, played by these two characters, who, uh, you know, one night in Athens, Greece, they go ahead and have a, during a party, Chloe's dealing with this whole huge breakup and she meets Mickey who's DJing the entire party. And then that same night to get drunk and have sex on the beach. And then after that, love begins anew to the point to where she, Chloe finally decides, fuck going back to America. I'm going to stay here, have the best time of my life with this full one night fling that I should have just left it alone. But she doesn't know the bullshit that's going to happen being with Mickey and we got this movie right here on Monday. And uh, like I said, this was a review that should have came out weeks ago, but I never got around uh, to doing that. But I watched this film. I already know how I feel about it. I'm going to tell you what it is. But let's go ahead and check out the trailer for this film Monday. Uh, and we will be back with our review. Mike up. Up. Oh, shit. Nope. Sweetwater. Fuck it. Nope. No, 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 no. Uh oh, you know what? If I want to add anything, <laughs> um this film was directed by Aridis P, and I'm not going to say his last name because that last name is long as hell. Just look up Monday the film 2020 and you will understand what I'm talking about. But let's go ahead and get into our review. Hi, I'm Mickey. Chloe, 
It was really nice to meet you. And thank you for not being an asshole. Try not to be an asshole. Yes. You don't have your keys, right? You want to go to an island? I go back to the States tomorrow. We're gonna miss this, right? You're in love with this guy. <laughs> Let's be roomies. Oh. What's coming? Everything. Everything? <laughs> Chloe Gaines, you are the sexiest woman I know. You guys want to be Chloe's family? Yeah. Are you even serious? He usually leaves with one. No, he comes in with one, huh? Well, good to know. Thank you. People change, so. It's new, but it's good. Hey! You are not happy unless you're fit. Mickey's not the same as he was six years ago. Mickey's a baby, he's a little boy. You're desperate to blow this thing up, huh? Still good. She loves you and she makes you happy. This pure, innocent, romantic, just love at first sight. It was actually. And that is the trailer for Monday. Um, this movie. Uh, was very interesting because it seemed like one of those cool indie projects that had uh, really cool cinematography and you know they had these really cool actors in it who has tons of experience especially Sebastian Stan uh, I really felt like they really sold this movie on Sebastian Stan's likeness and just he, the fact that he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe but Dennis Gold does a uh in this film a lot of people know her from her stage plays and uh I will say this right now uh there are a lot more things that I liked in this film than Without Remorse uh but there are still some things that I really felt like it could have been uh fixed in this film throughout um I'm just gonna give you guys some background information this film had I think at the time of 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think 55, but then it went down to 49% at Rotten Tomatoes. So it was not received pretty well, more or less just mixed reviews, mixed messages throughout. And uh, I would have to say that I think I may be on the side where I felt like it's a really interesting premise it's a great premise to be honest with you the execution could have been better and i'll start off with the actors sebastian stan and dennis go they're both really good in this film i am not going to lie to you sebastian stan as mickey you know he's this guy who he's more carefree you know he had aspirations to do other things and he still has some but he's a little bit more reserved about them he dj's a party guy you know he does all these crazy things and i felt like sebastian Sand did a really good job playing as him uh dennis goes character chloe is somebody in the beginning of the film she starts to become carefree she starts doing her own thing she's upset but she gets happy through mickey's you know actions through their whole 
sexual escapades and stuff like that. And you see her being a little bit more carefree, but then later down the film, you see her more being herself. If she was back in America, you know, working as a lawyer, being, you know, being responsible. And I felt like she did really good, but really impressed me the most was if you had these two characters clashing and you kind of see this more realistic take on what happens when you deal with a when your one night stand, your your fling becomes your long term relationship. And I felt like both of these actors did an amazing job doing that. Uh, at first I was going to say they just did a good job, but no, they did an amazing job at that. And, uh, it, it, it takes a lot to really see that. Now, having said that <laughs> there are some things regarding the characters, except it's themselves that, uh, I wanted to do. I, I, I wish they could have done a better job on, but we'll get to that at one point. Uh, something else that I liked, I really liked the cinematography. Um, it was nice to watch a film, where it wasn't CGI heavy, where, you know, there weren't a lot of special effects. Everything seemed pretty much realistic, practical, and uh, you really get that feel of, you know, the party life, that nightlife, uh, you know, realistic landscapes. And the camera work in this film uh, was really good. Uh, how they actually use that to express emotions, to dwell into the characters' minds, uh, and kind of like paint a picture or tell a story within the story. I thought that was really cool. And I, I have to give props for the cinematography, uh, which was by Christos Karamanis, uh, and also by the director himself. Um, this film was also edited pretty well too. I, I, it's a small thing to add in, but it was edited. All right. Um, I think something else that I liked about this film, uh, was how, <laughs> the care how things did get interesting and you are left thinking about some things uh what i liked was that there were certain parts in the film where you get to understand the characters a little bit more like mickey himself about why is he in this situation where he's djing but he could be doing more where like a friend comes in from the states where she's gone off on tours and she's just like you fucked up whenever you see something that's really dope when you're when you're succeeding uh when you see success you're you're basically sad as hell and you want to go back to going to being a failure and when you're a failure you're more happy than being a success story uh there was one part where he's just where you know this is predictable but it it did leave you to wonder where one guy at a bar stand is just like you know he does this all the fucking time he goes in and out and in and out and you know he you know he creates love and then he gets his his, his own heart broken and uh, I thought that really made you think about his character and other characters itself. And it really made you kind of seem like the whole progression of, you know, love at first sight. We're going to get our own place and we're going to have a great time to that regression of just, oh, my God, what have I done? What, what, what have I done? I just lost my job. I just lost my whole life. Oh, my fucking God. My life is over. I'm with a fucking child. And that's what I really liked. Uh, and I, I guess that's the next thing I'll get into. It one of the last things. This film does a good job at showing you a realistic view of what happens. And uh, <laughs> uh, even with some of the things that I, I'm going to criticize it for, uh, it was really good. It was really, really good. There are parts in this film where you're mad at Mickey for just doing some real childish shit. Like, you know, 
one day, you know, basically Chloe asked him, can you go ahead and like cook dinner? I've been cooking dinner like all this week and we got to eat something while she goes to meet his ex-wife uh, regarding custody of, you know, their child. And she comes back home to the apartment, finds out this dude didn't cook anything at all. He just ordered takeout, brings out a pizza, brings out falafel, brings out gyros. And, and she's just like, I asked you for one fucking thing. You had one job. You had one job. And next thing he's just like, but baby, and just like, <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but baby, Chloe, wait, I did this for you. Shut the fuck up. That's like this uh, later down in the film. And I really like that. Uh, there's one scene where she just gets f- frustrated at. She's frustrated. And then there's another scene where you really feel for Chloe. Uh, and there's one scene where you really feel for Mickey. And you start to understand, like, towards the end of the film, they're in this for the long haul, but they know that they've made mistakes. And and I think that's a realistic take on those types of relationships that I really appreciated. And that's what makes this concept this premise of this film really, really enjoyable and just good. But like I said, the execution wasn't the best. And I'm going to go ahead and give you some, you know, some considerations, some critiques about it that doesn't make this film, you know, good, but just okay. Um, I really, I would have really liked this film to not be about 30 year olds (laughs) or something like that. If this was actually set on, Maybe somebody on two character, maybe on a character where Chloe was a college student. Um, if Chloe was a college student, and if one person, and if you know Mickey was a little bit older, maybe the same age, but you know was more carefree and did any any other type of stuff, I think that would have been cool. Or maybe you had something where like Chloe's maybe to like this twenty one. A uh, 21 year old college student or maybe like 19 year old college student. She's on a study abroad trip. She meets this 26 year old DJ named Mickey and she deals with a breakup back in school. She meets Mickey and Mickey's doing DJ and then you they fuck on a beach and everything. And it's just like, holy crap, what are you doing? And you could center on that story where there's like more stakes. There's more things you're risking on. And the payoff would have been much better because you sympathize with the character because she's younger. And it's just like, OK, rather in this film, you see like two 30 year olds and you're just like, y'all niggas just need to grow up. And, and, and at some point, it just seems so unrealistic because it's just like who in their right mind? Who in this right mind would act so childish in the beginning of the film? Like I'm telling you right now, like early in this film, in this movie, Monday. It was so annoying to just see these people act like children, act like teenagers. All they did was eat and fuck and eat and fuck and eat and fuck and just make these corny, cringy jokes that you're just like, wait a minute, are we back in high school? What the hell's going on? And you're just like, like, look, I know you want to go capture that, but you need younger people to express that, not like 30 to 40 year olds acting like this, because at that point, we could just talk about how this film is all about having a midlife crisis or these two people are having midlife crises. And it's just like, Chloe's have one most definitely. And it's just like, really? Um, it, it doesn't get towards like the middle or towards the end of the film where you start seeing them play their age. And it's just like, okay, you got to do better. Um, something else that I did not like from this film that I thought could have been better is that they do focus on 
like certain scenes and they do focus on other things where like you want to talk like you want to understand them more but they don't really go too much deep into it it's like they kind of dip their feet into the water it's like oh shit we're gonna get very introspective about it but they come out as like hell no and um i mean some scenes they do do it but other scenes i really wanted to do it and they never really did and uh that really disappointed me honestly and it was just something that i really wanted to see in this film because again the premise is awesome but with its ideas and how they want to implement them and how they want to execute it, it, it just it leaves too little to be desired and i just felt like it was you know disappointing at that point um another thing i didn't like was how some of the other characters were played out uh some of the other characters like mickey's friends were way too fucking childish and uh again this is why i said this should have been a film where this was a bunch of college students or younger people uh playing out you know playing it out in this entire story because when you have grown fucking men and women acting like teenagers you just start to say that this movie starts becoming a little bit less realistic and uh (laughs) and it's just like there are some scenes that are funny with them but there are just uh, most of the scenes with them is just like okay you you should not be acting like this and you can criticize me saying maybe I'm just looking at this too realistically it's a movie but this movie was shot realistically the premise was realistic I, I need my characters to act a little bit more their age and act like that or make something in the in the writing to where it could have been better. And, and I guess this all leads into this whole thing. The biggest thing is just the, the writing just could have been better. The execution. And that's what I would really just say. Um, <laughs> like I, I was at a point with this film. Uh, I was a point at this film where I just said like this, this is, they they fucking way too much in this film. <laughs> and I guess this is like, a, I did enjoy the fact that they, they dwell in how they had sex so many times. And then later on in their relationship, they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I don't want to have sex no more, <laughs> but it, it was just like, really? Uh, the climax is so freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> where it, it just goes off the rails and you're just like what is going on what's happening here <laughs> where it's just like they just i wish i could tell you guys the ending but i i don't want to i don't want to spoil it please watch this film to understand the climax but yeah it just goes off the rails and like all of that all those things that you praise it for kind of just go off the way to where it goes back to what it was in the beginning of the film like i'll summarize like this the film has a rocky start in the beginning and then towards the middle it, it gets really good and you start getting interested into it and then towards the end you're like oh shit you just fell off fuck <laughs> like you're doing it you're doing it you're doing it oh fuck you you, you done goofed <laughs> that's what this film is and i guess the last thing i talk about is uh the ending the ending was so unsatisfying it, it just ends uh on this scene and it just turns to black and the credits roll and you're just like that's it like there's not gonna be any like there's no payoff there's nothing else said like an argument happens they go in and then it just ends and i don't know if that's supposed to be a, a, a whole message about how oh like life just goes on and you just gotta deal with it and it just happens but yeah man some more could have been done with that ending but overall like i said this film has much less to be desired and I feel like it could have 
you know, it could have been better if they made changes, both major and minor. Uh, and I, I guarantee you this movie would have been great. Um, I just feel like this, you know, Sebastian Stan, Dennis Glow, they, they do a really good job playing their roles. But the writing and how everything turns out, it's just not executed well. And things just become from go from realistic to unrealistic real, real fast. And with that, I'm going to have to give this movie uh, a six out of ten. I I did go back and watch parts of this film again because there were some things that I did like. But I can't I can't say that this is a film, you know, worth watching two to three times unless you're looking for the crazy parts. This is a film that fits perfectly on VOD. And I would say that it, you know, it's a good it's a good date night movie to be honest with you watch it with your girl and be like oh my god these these white people crazy but yeah that's that's all i would say (laughs) that this movie is nothing too crazy to go into but it is definitely better than without remorse i will say that every single time this movie is much better than without remorse (laughs) but yeah man that is it for monday thank god i got that review out but let's go ahead and with our last review of the day that we'll probably spend some more time on it. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, the one where I'm very interested in actually reviewing today. And Without Remorse is actually the anthology series, which is a collection of animated short series uh, spanning between different genres of science fiction, fantasy, horror, and comedy. And it was started as a reboot uh, of Heavy Metal and the producers... The creators of the show, David Fincher and Tim Miller, who you may know from really good shows and movies such as Deadpool and Clone High and stuff like that. Um, this is a very interesting anthology series, and a lot of people say this is the best show on Netflix. Uh, volume one came out, I think, uh, two or three years ago. I watched it. I should probably do a review on that with one of my homies later down the road uh, where I said, in my opinion, I'll just give you like a short review right now. I thought it was good, and I thought there are a lot of cool concepts and ideas with it. But one of the big problems is that it's it's very hypersexual, it's very hypermasculine, and uh, there are some things to where I felt like if they just straight away uh, from the boobs and the blood as much as they can, uh, I feel like it'd be better. Not to say totally get rid of it, because there are some scenes where you want to cap. Some scenes they were trying to do some shorts they were trying to be realistic with. And others where it's just like, you know, there are too much, you know, nudity where it's just like, okay, this isn't even becoming cool anymore. This is just, it's just for bros. <laughs> it's just for bros from chats. And you're just like, nah, I'm cool. But uh, with the second volume, it's actually gotten some pretty good reviews. Uh, I think the last time I saw it, it had like uh, an 82, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, we can check that right now, actually. It has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people like it. Uh, yeah, people consider it to be the best series right now. And uh, there there are some things that I, I, I really do like from this and things I don't like. Oh, let me update you guys. Love, De- Love Death, and Robots, Volume 2. The Critics. This is funny. <laughs> this is funny. And I'll probably talk about it after the trailer. But, yeah, I, I got the, re- the numbers right here. And... I will actually go in and show you guys the trailer to Love, Death, and Robots Part 2. But yeah, man, there were some things I liked, some things I didn't like. Uh, now, I'm con- <laughs> now I really want to know, do I want to show the first trailer or the second trailer? 
You know, I'll tell you what. I'm going to show you the first trailer just so you can get a, a sense of the difference between volumes one and volumes two. And we'll go from that. So go ahead and enjoy. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it with the first trailer of Love, Death, and Robots for Volume 1. Let's get it. And just like that, it's it's fucking... Oh, here we go. Yep. Shit. <laughs> this, is, this is the third time. Okay. This is the third time this happened. <laughs> this is an entire show. But let's get into the first first trailer. <laughs> I'm so glad this is on video because if you guys saw this on video, it would have been the strobe effects are crazy. But yeah, that first volume trailer was crazy. It's one of the craziest trailers that I've watched in my lifetime because it, it's like, what the fuck is happening? But here's the second trailer for volume two, though, just to give you guys a you difference. Okay? Yeah. Oh, my hand. You feel something, don't you? Wow. It's like a kind of door opens up out there. I figure it leads to some other world, trapped inside our own. Why give all this up? Why? I've been alive 218 years. I've seen too much. is the second trailer notice how there's a vat if you can hear it and i know yeah it can be a little annoying this will be an audio podcast but it's just it's crazy to know that how the trailers are just vastly different while the first one's all about like blood gore guts boobs titties but like the second one it's just like oh yeah we're, we're more introspective we're more um we're more cultured that's what we are and i think this is because of adding new people 
who actually, you know, it was the equivalent to growing up and just saying, hey, you need a grooming session because this is a little dirty over here. This is a little messy. And uh, you see that on the second volume. And I guess that's why you see this vast difference between the ratings between critics and the audience, which you're going to see that all the time, Ron Tomatoes. But for this one, it's different than usual because you're just like you, you wouldn't expect seeing this. Uh, just to kind of give you guys a perspective of what the scores are, you got a 50% for the audience and an 89, like a near 90% for the critics. And people say like this from the audience, people say like the stories from here are terrible. They're predictable. They're not good. It seems pretentious. It's not really all that. While you go from the critics, the critics will talk about how this is so much more. It's it, it's so good. It gives off its best impression. It allows the will to take over humanity and night a robot apocalypse. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> what the what does that even mean? I'm I'm reading one review. I'm like, what is going on? But uh, nah, man, you see that vast difference. For me, I will I will tell you this right now. Uh, I felt like this is this is different from Volume One, but I will say that the stories are are cool. The stories are cool. Uh, this series is really cool, and I have no problem with what they did. There's maybe like one or two episodes where I feel like, yeah, this this could have been much better. Where I kind of uh, agree with what people are saying, but this anthology series did get better over time. For and for some episodes, it really is a showcase of that. And I'll kind of go ahead and explain myself from you know some of the pros that I had. The animation in each episode is. The animation or what they do here, how they present the episodes, the shorts are really freaking good. Uh, there are about two uh, two series or two shorts. <laughs> Look at me going crazy. There are two shorts where they actually talk about how the animation looks like it's straight off of a painting. That, that's that's what I think. Two of these shorts look like they come straight out of a painting. And uh, I'll be specific on them. One that's titled Ice and the other one, uh, The Tall Grass. I really felt like you would go to an art exhibit and see steals of this, of these shorts. And you'll be like, oh, that's a freaking painting. And it looked really, really cool. I would think for the sh- uh, for the short Ice, it actually looked like it was reminiscent of this one show on Disney XD, uh, which I can't remember but uh, man, it was something with like it was kind of like Hot Wheels, but underground or some shit. I can't remember. I'll look it up. But that's I really felt like the animation was great on those shorts. And then when it go to three D animation, they really just show you. Yeah, we're using RTX, which is ray tracing <laughs> for our shorts, and we're gonna show you how fucking good it is. He's <laughs> like RTX on in this hoe. And I have to say, they just they just got so much better with the animation throughout all these shorts. Uh, what I really appreciated again was that this lessens the gore and and the sex and the violence, and really goes heavy on the introspective side, which makes it very similar to Black Mirror, in which it's short, you know there's not that many episodes, it's shorter runtime, but it still makes you wonder, it leaves you thinking about what's going on and what's the message with it. And I actually really like that. Uh, and with its length, I really thought that 
the length of these shorts were actually really good. They span on Google. It says it spans between six to 18 on Netflix is actually 18 minutes for each short. And I thought they were really cool because it goes straight to the point. And something that I always really think when it comes to this anthology series is that you can literally look at this one short and compare which one is better as a movie or as a TV series or just as a short. And I think that really shows you how good um, these shorts are and in comparing them to the, uh, within each other. Um, and I, and I, you know, there's only one con I have, but I can't really go on this. What I usually do with movies and TV shows, because, uh, this one's a series of shorts. So I want to kind of give them on a ranking order of like, what's the best, what's the worst, what's man, what's okay, what's good. And, uh, I'll go ahead and with my final, you know, critique, my only critique, uh, there with this change of direction, there is about one to three shorts where I feel like, they are a little they they try to be deep, but they're they're not really that deep. They don't lead to nothing. It's not that crazy. And I'll explain when I get to these episodes. But um, let's go with the eight episode order. Actually, was it seven or eight? No, I think it was a seven episode order. Let's go with the seven episode order where I talk about all this stuff. No, I'm sorry. It is eight. I'm a fucking dumbass. My Google Drive look crazy, but let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, the first one titled Automated Customer Service. Uh, out of the eight, I ranked this at seven uh, because I felt like this this one, it, it made me laugh. Uh, it's that it's just like volume one. This one is all dealing about robots and how they, they just kind of just do their own thing. And there are parts where, where I feel like it's funny. The animation is clean. Uh, the animation that really does its job in really capturing what the senior citizens look like and just all wrinkly and slow and old. And I thought that was cool. Uh, it's basically a whole thing about how um, robots are basically are have been integrated into our way of living. They serve us as our servants and we kind of depend on them. And then when they go crazy, it's like, Oh, they shit. That's like, that's pretty much what the, the Terminator apocalypse is a Skynet or whatever. Um, there are parts where like the automated service that, that, that the uh, person calls to kind of like say, Hey, how do I fix my robot from killing me? It actually makes these very cool petty remarks. And I really like that. But I, I ranked that seven out of the eight episodes because uh, I, I didn't think they were too crazy. I didn't think they were, you know, too crazy at all. Uh, the next one, Ice, the one where I talked about I had this really cool 2D animation uh, where it was like comparing it to the two. I actually have to go ahead and give that a I have to be, make that like middle of the road five. I got to give that like a five. I give that five out of the eight episodes ranked them uh, where again, the 2d animation looks cool and the concept looks pretty interesting where everyone basically have these enhancements and stuff because one guy, he's like the big brother and his little brother has enhancement. And it's just like, Oh, this guy's a, so as a loser, he won him out to nothing. And he's just like, fuck it. I want to show that I prove anything. But uh, one of the things that made me, uh, took it down for being like top three or anything like that uh was that the the ending or like the story itself doesn't really need anything it's kind of like well shit that happened and then we just move on forward like you're close to dying and you don't really go back into it but uh it's cool i think it's really cool showcase of that animation and what they're able to do with it and uh, like i said it's straight out of a fucking painting next one pop squad this is the one that the trailer showed a whole lot, 
in the volume two trailer. Um, and I love this. I love this short. This is not only my favorite short out of the entire volume, but this is my favorite in the entire series. Oh my God. If you made a movie out of this <laughs> or a TV series, I kid you not. This shit would be so freaking good. The The plot of it is simple. The world is dealing with overpopulation. The, the, wealth, the wealthy and the rich live in the skies. They're living well. And in the bottom are just a common folk. And there's a guy played by Nolan North, the Nolan North, who had, whose job it is is to arrest people who procreate and kill children. And I had the pleasure of not reading on what this is about. I, I skipped over the the concept what is it the summary of the episode and when he put out that gun <laughs> and shot them kids i said what the fuck i was like how you gonna, you gonna kill kids bro really and the entire short just goes into uh this battle of humanity this argument that he goes through with people talking about why do we have to kill kids to control this population and basically everybody up top is immortal and it's just like we're we're living a good life. I gave up I gave up my right, my freedom to procreate just so I can live forever and look young. And he's just like it's dealing with like this inner like this inner sense of more more morality and mortality. And it's just like, what the fuck? What am I doing? And then there's this one part where it just leaves you teared up because if you really like kids if you really you know want to have a child one day or if you have a child the, the things that they talk about about children and why they do this it just starts making you teared up because you're just like you really you can really get with that and it's just like wow this this is a, a great short the only criticism i can say is that the ending just it does end but for me I felt like it was good because that's how you do it for short. Uh, I heard this from one reviewer that I really, I really understood with. This is basically a film in which they, they skimmed the padding. They did all this other stuff and it just gave you the good parts. They gave you a a beginning, the middle and the end. Uh, I feel like if Zack Snyder took this and made an entire movie, it'd be two and a half hours long. It'd be too much. But this is a good ass short. It's the best in the entire Love, Death, and Robot series. And this is like the top in the volume right now, bro. But uh, going forward, um, another one, Snow in the Desert. This one was had some cool action. It's interesting dialogue. It's number six out of the eight in this volume. And <laughs> this is the one where I felt like it was more funny than it needed to be. Because I, I was watching this entire series with my girlfriend. <laughs> We had a we had a laugh out of all of these, and snow in the desert. There were too many things that were just unintentionally funny. First of all, the guy in question is an assassin, where other people are hunting him down for his balls, <laughs> and you'll understand later down the road. Uh, the second thing, uh, there's this part, <laughs> and I'm just gonna spoil it right here. There's this part where there's this woman who is who is, who is tagging along this dude named Snow. Uh, across to his home and when they get there uh basically she takes his dress off the clock out of his closet she's just like oh my god this dress is so beautiful who did it belong to and he was just like that was my wife she died so many years ago she killed herself and she's just like oh 
You want to have sex? Sure. <laughs> what the fuck? This, I'm like what? Straight up fucking. He's <laughs> like, you want to have sex? Sure. Let's, let's use your dead wife's dress as a as a layer. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> It's like, what's going on? It was just got so weird. And then towards the end, the twist in the entire short just makes you just feel like, so what? How? What? Huh? I'll say it right now. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil this shit because the ending to this short was just funny. But the dialogue, some of the action scenes in it, it was cool. And I felt like this could be a really cool, like, eight-episode series that would make you feel interested in it. But I, I ranked it six because there are some things where I was just like, what the fuck? It shouldn't be this funny. Um, the Tall Grass. Uh, I actually liked The Tall Grass. Um, this was, like, top three because, uh, again, it has a it, it sort of has a beginning and an end where it, it's kind of like a thriller it doesn't make you go too crazy but i really felt like it was um it was really good for what it was uh and then the end makes you really think about like what the fuck is actually happening basically this guy gets off of a train goes inside goes into the grass and these monsters appear and you know like every other monster out there it seems like they're afraid of fucking fire and <laughs> there's this there's this huge dialogue between uh the guy who left the train and the train conductor which makes you really think who are these freaking monsters and, and it leaves that sense of wonder and i really like that honestly i thought it was really dope um people may be crazy on it but i liked it uh now here's the one that's the second best all through the house all through the house was really good because it had like this really cool twist to it uh regarding santa claus and the end just made you laugh like crazy like oh my god and that's all i'll say because i want people to watch this one i won't say too much because it's pretty straightforward uh this one and this is like my least favorite short out of all life hutch this is the one with michael b jordan crazy enough (laughs) This this whole entire podcast episode may be the rant or the argument towards michael b jordan being a good actor but no, he was good in this. He was good. The thing that really made me excited the most was how there are parts in this where he looked like a real, like, like he just did fucking mocap and just did like real life shit. And they made him super realistic. Like, I want to know what type of technology did they use? Because we need this for 2K in Madden because this shit looked realistic. Now, there were some parts where. You definitely could see that it was 3D, um, 3D animation, and it was it was just all the fast moving scenes and the blurry scenes. But uh, yeah, man, when they when they had just had him right there where he was moving, you can clearly see that they used some sort of mocap uh, or tool that we don't even know, and it looked awesome. Yo, those, that sweat looked amazing. <laughs> but one of the, the reason why this is like my least favorite is because the story. Uh, it's in the form of like a bottle story where it's like he's stuck inside of a, I guess of a pod or something. And it's like, there's this robot, there's this robot that's out to kill him and stuff. And he's stuck and he can't go. No, he can't go nowhere. And it cuts to like, how did he get there? And, it, and to me, it felt kind of choppy. It, it didn't really excite me. It really made me kind of bored at one point. And the only thing that really kept me in there was the animation and something that we've seen 
that I've seen throughout this entire series of shorts is that the story is still interesting and it it's not just the animation, but the story is still cool. And having this to where the story doesn't really make you really happy. It doesn't really make you interested at all. It's kind of boring and it's kind of predictable. It's just like, eh, whatever, but you got to give it up that the animation is dope. You know what? Tell you what? No, I'm, I'm still going to give you the least favorite. Oh, this could be the opening to like a video game or something. I would have been like, this is fucking awesome. Hideo Kojima really did his thing. <laughs> but uh, the last short, The Drowned Giant. The Drowned Giant. One regarding uh, basically a scientist, a researcher, finds out that there is a giant naked man on a beach. <laughs> There's graffiti and a graffiti on his penis. <laughs> They graffitied on his penis. But, um, yeah, <laughs> they really graffitied on this man's leg, stomach, penis, head, everything. <laughs> but it was, this is the one where I said it's my, it, it's like number eight. Uh, well, not number eight, more like number seven. Sorry. And everything on this Google Drive is fucked up. <laughs> but I, I say this is a second least favorite because even though it has this really cool concept, was like, Oh, a giant life-sized man, you know, was brought up shore and we get to understand who he is. The whole narration, everything regarding it, it's like, nah, I ain't doing it. It, it felt boring at times. It, it did get a little pretentious, but overall it was funny at points because the audience can make it funny. Like besides his penis, just the things that you see, you can make it funny by the jokes. And I really consider this being the least favorite. But I think the whole thing of being a giant man on the beach, I think that what's make that's that's a more interesting concept than a bottle story where we've seen so many times like an alien or in other sci fi films. That's why it's my second least favorite rather than my least favorite. So, yeah. But overall, man. That's that's the review for Love, Death, and Robots. If I got to give a verdict in the entire volume itself, uh, I, I would give the volume rating about an eight out of ten because they 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 listened to critics, they did what they want, they they changed stuff, they made it more interesting, and, and most of the episodes, the animation seemed like it took a step up from last year's, and it looks so fucking good. I'll probably do a review on volume one later down the road, but I really liked uh, this volume and what it brought. And uh, yeah, man, to to get this over in one day, that's dope. So I got to, I, again, I got to give this an eight out of 10. This was a really good, solid uh, volume for this series that I really, uh, you know, (laughs) what's the word? I I am losing it today. I really encourage you guys (laughs) to, to watch. Um, I think it'd be worth your time. I think it'd be really be worth your time. So with that being said, that is all three of our reviews of today. Where we basically gave without remorse a three out of 10 Monday, a six out of 10 and love death and robots an eight out of 10. So about that being said, that should be the end of the episode. But before you go, I want to go ahead and give you guys some updates on what to expect. So as you guys know, I have graduated uh, from Morehouse College. So that being said, these next couple of months are actually going to be pretty much wide open for me to do some 
more podcasting uh, to where I can actually do more things, do more episodes on a timely fashion and uh, also be able to do other things, brand new ideas. I think be cool. Um, I still will be doing other stuff that will progress my life and I'll update you all on what will be happening. But uh, be on the lookout for actually these episodes uh, for the rest of May. And for the entirety of June, uh, tomorrow is going to be our standard episode with David on Zoom. I really would would have loved to have him live again, but, you know, I'm in Nashville. He's in Arkansas now. So what are you going to do? So we'll have him. Uh, Saturday is actually going to be an episode with Anna Sinkfield, who is dope, who's awesome. We're going to be doing that live. And uh, next week is actually going to be a couple episodes, again, with David, some movie reviews. Uh, also an episode with uh, one of my good friends, Lance. We're going to be talking about some movies, filmmaking, and stuff like that. And then uh, we'll actually have some other guest appearances from other people. Uh, and again, if you want to be part of the podcast where we're going to be having some interesting talks, be on the lookout for my Instagram page, 615 underscore chill. Or you can go ahead and email me at jordancammon, C-A-M-M-O-N, at outlook.com. Uh, yeah, man, that's it. I'm really excited to go ahead and get more episodes out there and to show you guys what it's all about. Uh, I think we're actually nearing, uh, 900 listens on anchor. Cause I got about like 850, <laughs> um, today. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with there. Uh, and also be on the lookout for more clips. I got some clips coming out that are going to be pretty cool. Just some, you know, just some excerpts from the show that we do on the midnight drop. So I'm, you know, be on the lookout for that, man. It's going to be awesome. That's about it. That is it for today's episode of the midnight drop. Thanks so much for tuning into these three reviews. I'm sorry if I gave your favorite movies, no bad tag, reviews, no but this will be awesome. I promise you that is it. I'll go ahead and see you guys later. My name is your, <laughs> oh my God, I'm losing track. My name is Jordan Malone. I'm your host for The Midnight Drop. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to go ahead and listen to this podcast, go ahead and listen to it on all the following platforms down in the comment section down below. Also, if you want to leave any comments, concerns, considerations, or rants, go ahead and DM me at 645-chill or email me at jordancammon, C-A-M-M-O-N, at outlook.com. Be on the lookout for two new episodes coming up this week, but that is it. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Oh,